love you. I just took my dog for a walk. It's cold outside, and my nipples are rock hard. Uh-huh. And I'm the Green Traveler. I'm from the planet Gorsh. That's with an X. Oh, Gorsh. Gorsh. And I'm uh, joined on the couch here with my co-host. You can introduce uh, I, yourself, co-host. I'm the faceless Leon. Um, I was, uh, some would say baked in <laughs> a uh, top secret lab. And um, I'm here on the couch with that guy that already introduced himself. Welcome. This is a podcast about <laughs> movies and TV. It is indeed. Yeah. And uh, today we're taking risks. Uh, first off, I'm sitting in a new room and in a rocking chair. So yeah. that's a you know that's an audio risk right there. Right there, it sure is. And also, we're uh, covering movies that were picked by my mom, who grew me in a petri dish so long ago. <laughs> Yeah, uh, proud old, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't call your mom old, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's Delma Day, right? Del- Delma Day. Delma Day! Happy Delma Day! Yes, happy birthday yesterday, mother. Uh, this, this episode's coming out the day after, but, uh... I asked her for three of her, uh, you know, some of her favorite movies, and she didn't disappoint. And it's a risky, I, I said it was risky to make a Delma Day, because, you know, there's a good chance I might end up pissing my mom off by bitching <laughs> about some movies. But I'm yeah. going to try to be. I'm yeah. going to try to be on my best behavior. <laughs> He'll be on his best behavior, and, um, I mean, your mom loves me, so there's, yeah, I can't go wrong, I don't think. <laughs> so so what what movies are we talking about what are some of your mom's favorite movies uh there were plenty she gave me plenty of options uh but we we narrowed it down to three and those three are clint eastwood's true crime it's complicated with meryl streep and alec baldwin and the classic christmas movie home alone that's right yeah some of you probably still feel in the christmas season i mean it goes it goes pretty long for some people, you know, people with big families. I guess this year might not be, you know, able to go home to be with them. Uh, I know that's kind of our situation. We'll, we'll end it up with a nice little Christmas bow with Home Alone. A oh, classic. give me a second. Zelda's whining about something she can't get. Kidding me? That's it? <laughs> it was one piece of food that was under the bed. Oh my God. And she was whining about it. No, it's gone. Hey, I got it. I got it for you. Stop doing that. There's more, Dad. I know. I know there's more. (laughs) Risky episode, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) We revealed government top secrets at the beginning. We did, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the world's not supposed to know that there's little green men walking amongst them, but none of you have noticed me until now, so. I mean, there's, as far as I know, there's only one, like me, but, uh, (laughs) <laughs> you're not supposed to know that either so well there are some throughout history though right like when she say like golem well, oh sure yeah i guess yeah maybe i got some predecessors in in the, the area of pre-designed yeah. peoples uh i was i was pretty much an accident <laughs> i'm pretty sure at least that's what uh i called him papa uh he told me that yeah one day he just poured some chemical x no wait <laughs> wait what 
Yeah, telling too much to my story. Yep, that's top secret. Government's gonna be on our ass. Well, Papa. True crime. True crime. Yeah, true crime. Uh, do you want to go into that, or shall I go into true crime? I can. I can. I can do it. Uh, All right. Yeah. Sure. So, true crime. Clean Eastwood, the man with several lovers of uh, inappropriate age, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that it is definitely a trope for him. It's a very odd fetish that he definitely. Yeah, I guess he probably. It, I think he did have quite a bit of control in this particular movie. I mean, he's the director too, right? He, yeah, he did direct it. He didn't so, write it though. That was other yeah, people's. he probably had uh, had some uh, some lean for that cast those casting decisions Uh, but anyways he plays a journalist who is a womanizer and a alcoholic though he is uh, a recovering alcoholic he is Mm -hmm. uh, trying not to drink and uh, he used to be a big deal in new york and now he's at a new paper i don't even remember where they are but no i don't either it's it's run by James Woods and uh, Gwen Stacy's dad from the Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies. That is true. It is. Yeah. Yes. It's the only thing I remember about that paper. <laughs> yeah. Um. Bob Bob Findley, but uh, Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary is who yeah, you're talking about, yeah. and uh, Alan Mann is James Woods' character. Uh, but anyways, yeah. He works for them now, and he's been pissing them off, uh, mostly because he's been sleeping with Bob's wife. And, uh, <laughs> Which felt so weird. Through some strange plot things, he ends up on a story where he's covering uh, this death row inmate, Frank Lewis Beecham. Who, uh, it's like his last day to live, and he's supposed to get his final words in print, whatever. He's played by Isaiah Washington. Yes, he's played by Isaiah Washington. Uh, pretty good performance on his part, I'd say. But he's always claimed that he was innocent, Frank. And that's part of uh, the story, too. I don't know how much to give away. Uh, it was a 99 movie, so... Well, I think, it, I think it's fair to say, because the, the whole plot you know the inciting incident which takes so mm. fucking long to get to is that clint eastwood suspects that this guy's telling the truth that he is innocent yeah and and like the tagline is that he only has 12 hours to save this guy see i didn't read like the uh the old promo stuff so i don't know i don't know what to spoil and what to not in these kind of movies because it is yeah. pretty deep in the movie where he decides oh shit i better get trying way to save too this deep. guy yeah way too deep it is also very much got a, a white savior feel to it and mm-hmm. um that's not fun really um but you know I, I feel like at the time clint eastwood trying to be like pro yeah recapture that yeah. heroicness of his youth yeah 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 i i mean like you know i i feel like back in the 90s people were like really okay with that kind of storyline because it showed that people were willing to stand up for other people nowadays it's it kind of leaves a bad taste in the mouth because you're not putting up any black heroes doing the same thing you know yeah it's very ham-fisted like yeah in my in my opinion because we talked a little bit about how clint eastwood had so much uh 
command over the casting choices. Sure. I think I think he is horribly miscast in this film. Like he should have chose somebody yeah. else who was, in my opinion, younger. Definitely. And like he could he could still be like a you know forty year old fifty year old grizzled journalist who's kind of right. grown out of the world, but like seventy year old, you know, sleeping with twenty year old women just it, it feels really weird. It and does feel really weird, especially when it's like with Bob, like his coworker's wife, like. I don't know. It's just like she's probably in her late thirties or something, but it's still yeah, huge I mean, age gap. There is a huge age gap, and you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna really shame anyone who you know gets in a relationship with you know an older individual because you know that that happens, and they you know sometimes they really do love each other. Um, mm. So no shame, I feel like on her end. But there is this one character who's only twenty three years old that he's sleeping with too or at least yeah. he was trying to and yeah, he, that well, was he's trying really... to sleep with everyone yeah he tries to sleep with everyone he's not a good yeah. guy which i think no. that kind of does just a little <clears throat> bit balance out the white savior thing because he honestly doesn't care yeah and even, he's not he even doing he's that. not doing it because it's the right thing to do he, yeah. that's that is not his motivation his motivation is this is a good story and i should write it yeah um which kind of just he's kind of a shit so i don't know if that really does balance out the white savior thing but it is an interesting uh facet of it like he's not yeah especially at the end like how he goes about trying to save him like a a lot of the laws that he breaks you know he's he's speeding he's speeding drunkenly down the highway and like jesus i thought he was gonna kill somebody yeah and it's like the the purpose is good you know, he has a good reason because they are literally at the last second. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you're just sitting there thinking like, Jesus, like, you are, as you said, you're going to kill somebody. Yeah. Like, yeah. slow the yeah. fuck. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. His character is so hard to like for me. Oh, definitely. But, like, but his drive is a good thing. You know, it is a good aspect of the film. But there's so many just misfires for this film for me. And his casting is like the biggest one because it's like if he had just remained behind the camera, you know, I think he's a decent director. If he had just remained behind the camera, this might have been a better film. But casting himself as the star. oof. Yeah, it it, I feel like it definitely and, you know, people might have reacted a lot differently to it back when it came out. But right now. 20 years later uh it it definitely just does not feel right i think it's coming off of like his dirty harry success so like maybe people were you know still still remembering that you know pleasantly <laughs> right i i don't i don't know how long dirty harry ran uh, yeah i don't know either I, I know that there are several films anywho um i i do think there's like you know there's some decent aspects of this film uh like there is like you said he's not a very likable character but there is still some interesting character work like the shit he does with his kid like he's he's a shit dad he's a shit dad but awful speed zoo uh is something they do in the film where he like just pushes her i i'm sorry (laughs) 
<laughs> no, yeah, no. We're sorry, mom. This this one is gonna be a. This is the one that's treacherous for me. Like, you know, mom's gonna mom's gonna see this and be like, you know what? I might just turn it off right now. If that's how they're gonna be. <laughs> hey, listen though. You know, we got two other films, and I'll say I'll say up front, I I did enjoy the other two films much more. And and like yeah. I didn't like hate watching this movie. There's just I just have a lot of the problems I have with it. I have with it, and um, you know, all in all, they they save the guy, and I think the message of the movie, where like you know you you need to listen to people when they say they're innocent. You know, I, mm-hmm. I feel like he. Uh, was a victim of our justice system, Frank Lewis. And, you know, that is definitely a prevalent problem today. And so I think stories like this, it's not that we don't need stories like this. It's that I feel like we should be giving uh, black characters that leading hero role. They, you know, I I think that is how we, we should be in. Because from this lens... It's definitely a hey, we should be helping these these poor black folk out who are down on their luck and stuff and be but really yeah. what we need our media to do, I feel like, and you know, this is coming from a white guy. We need to see black characters picking themselves up and and black working heroes. out their problems. We just need black heroes, really. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. And to, to, to give this movie some credit, there was another film around this time that did basically the exact same storyline uh, with a white, you know, white men trying to help out an innocent black man who was uh, imprisoned on death row. Right. And that movie's The Green Mile. But that movie succeeds because they don't save him, you know, but they, they prove their his innocence within the, you know, within their their group. They couldn't prove it to the wider public, right. but... They, they, you know, they solve the crime and uh, it's more about, you know, the emotional journey and the building of character for all the the white men who are charged with guarding this black man who they find innocent. And yeah. that's very similar in this movie because uh, the warden of the prison where Frank Lewis is kept, he's played by uh, King Theoden of Rohan from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, he he even suspects that Frank Lewis is innocent. You know, he he's spent so much yeah. time with the man, and so have all the other guards there. And you know, he's very kind. They all get along with him. Yeah, he's yeah. a kind Christian man who has you know his great father. You know, that's a good parallel is how they show his fathering of his yeah. daughter with Clint Eastwood's fathering of his uh, son. You know, there's, yeah, there's a... Frank is such a better guy than Steve Everett. <laughs> yeah definitely there's there's like there's so many good bullet points on paper to this story you know there's a lot of good uh, you know it's based off of a book and i i feel like that book might be very well done again the the issues is just how i think clint eastwood directed it how he handled this film and and again it could also be the script but for me it all felt like it came back to clint eastwood like my biggest my biggest issues with the story overall is they really underplayed the limited time aspect of it because you don't feel like there's a time crunch you don't feel like you only have 12 hours you know and it's like right you know some movies i mean you could just do what the 24 show did you know where it's just like you show a ticking clock 
you know it, it, oh, it gives that it gives that presence of like oh shit we're running out of time but in, in true crime yeah. it's just occasionally mentioned it's like well night's falling he's only got 12 hours you know and it's just like yeah okay like <laughs> it, it's so slow paced it's not it's not it's not a quick action pace, which is what you need on a time crunch. You know, you need it to feel right. fast. But it definitely isn't supposed to be an action movie until the very end, uh, which I feel like that that car scene was just added so that he can have a little bit of action in it. Yeah. God, he like at, at one point he says the foreshadowing to that scene is him saying, I'm a great drunk driver at one point. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, there's so many really messages that. that Steve Everett puts forth that are just really shitty things. Like, yeah, he like I said earlier, he's a womanizer, and he definitely uh, says some pretty gross things to some women he works yeah. with, and he smokes in the building even though he's not supposed to. Okay, I'm sorry. I think you were trying to get somewhere, and I, I no, I no. In. No, you're good. Uh, I agree with what you're saying because that's that's another issue I have with the film is the, like I don't know what they're trying to say in regards to PC culture, you know. I don't know because there's a there is a strong PC message that could be grabbed from this movie, right? But the main character is a womanizing asshole who is most certainly not interested in you know PC uh, no politeness no. in any way. Or, uh, no, he's not interested in in the story uh from any angle other than that hey this is a true story and if it gets done i could get a, a pulitzer yeah and it's just that, like if you change like you can keep some of the harsh aspects of this character you know keep his mm-hmm. his being a bad father as a parallel with uh frank lewis that's good that's really good yeah but at the same time, try to make him a little more approachable because, you know, there could be, right. again, if they had just cast, if if they had just made this a, a black journalist who's trying yeah. to reclaim some of his former, you know, glory as a, you know, Pulitzer Prize or possibly right. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. Right. I think, know, yeah, I think that even would work still really well with him being the only really reason he's interested in it is for accolades yeah because it it is definitely an interesting motive for doing the right thing because i mean honestly like you know it's like this guy's life yeah uh, it's a very serious issue and it's like as you as you look deeper into it you you start thinking you know this guy most likely is innocent but it that does make me remember that their one key contributing factor to like him being innocent was that the white guy who came into the store and said that he saw Frank Lewis had a gun? Well, how could he right. have seen him? There was a chip display between them. Yeah. How yeah. did Clint Eastwood know that that chip display has been there for six years? He, stores, he, stores change design he asked, all the time. He asked, actually. Uh, did they, he? Okay. I think even, yeah. There might even have been like, nah, I don't think there was video in the convenience store because then they would have known. Yeah, then they would have seen him. Yeah, somebody run. Uh, but uh, he, th- when he was first in that store, the chip display actually wasn't there, and uh, and she said, "Yeah, the chip display used to be up here," 
and she was loading chips. I think that's what she said. She was loading mm-hmm. chips when 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 it happened. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, so they, so they did explain it then. They did explain that. I just yeah. I just but it, it still was really kind of kind of silly. But uh, that guy. Forget who that actor was, the guy you were talking the, about. The witness. Yeah, I think the character's name was Dale Porterhouse. Oh, I think I think that sounds right. Yeah. I'm trying to get look at this guy. Yeah, played by Michael Jetter, who's you know in everything. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he definitely does not. He definitely seemed like he was in it for the attention. Uh, yeah and he definitely did seem like he was maybe boasting his story a little bit yeah and i that's another part of the story that i really uh you know it's very they focus on it pretty well but at the same time they don't focus on it as well as they should have in my opinion was you know he walks into the store he sees a black man covered in blood who subsequently runs out really fast right and right. so, you know, it's, it is, you know, he, he imagined the gun, the white man did. Right. And so, you know, he embellished his story a little bit to make it, you know, more, more exciting uh, for the media. And so it's just like, I feel like there was so much more in that regard that they could have focused on, but they just, you know, they just kind of mention it, toss it aside, move on to the next aspect of the, the case. And I'm just yeah. like there's so many missed opportunities i feel like so what i'm about to talk about is definitely a spoilers so i i don't know if you want to put up a wall we can decide you can decide that later um anyhow one thing i really didn't like uh really like the whole last part of the movie i did not like like him getting drunk and doing all that driving and stuff but i really didn't like that the guy who did it was uh, a young black man who was addicted to drugs. I thought yeah. that was a really shitty way to end it. Mm-hmm. I thought, I mean, there was definitely an angle where they could have fingered Dale Porterhouse, but really, really what I thought was going to happen was that Reverend, uh, I thought he was going to be behind it for some reason, and there was going to be some kind of really big scandal that he uncovered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because that that reverend was acting so strange reverend schillerman played by michael mckean also in everything uh, (laughs) i i really like michael mckean and i just feel like they they did all these weird things with this character like he said that he's the one who said that frank admitted to the crime he oh uh, yeah yeah and and he never did he did not do that. Yeah. And so he was definitely a shit. So that's why I kept on feeling like it was going to turn out that he did the crime. Yeah. If there was more of a mystery and, aspect to it, that definitely would have yeah. helped. This yeah, that would have been. And I think that could have uh, helped with the the white savior feeling a little bit, too. Yeah. Because then he's, you know, just being a journalist mm-hmm. and figuring out this yeah there's just other aspects to it like there's he's investigating 
He's investigating, yeah. And, and he is doing that in this movie, but... But but his version of investigating in this film is just shit. Like, it's it's not yeah. great. It's, yeah. you know, it's my go, nose. <laughs> yeah. It's my nose. Jesus. It's so stupid. If they had gone that, you know, more mystery investigative route, you know, it's, again, going back to the, the fast, you know, the slow-paced feel of this film. If they had upped the, the pace, like, it doesn't have to be an action film. You can have a detective mystery that is fast-paced because of the mystery itself, you know? And they just, I don't know, they just, they miss the ball so much. And, but that that, that part with the the Reverend, I agree, because, again, as you said, that's a good actor. He's, you know, they could have, they could have upped his character a lot more throughout the entire story. And they could have made him part of the past of the whole crime scene. Yeah, because, I mean, he there is this one point even where Frank is, like, really getting angry at him because he's trying to he's trying to get him to admit to the crime. And Frank gets really mad, and the guards come and take him out. And I thought, for some reason, there was a look in Frank's eyes that said to me, as the audience member, that that guy was there. Oh. And, and Frank recognized him. So there was definitely all this set up to make this work. And maybe it was a red herring. Maybe that was, you know, what they were yeah. attempting to do. But if, if they were attempting uh, it, it failed on me because I didn't get it, that yeah. point of view. Oh, well, then I'm, I was just looking too deep into it. I think yeah. that's a better point of view. Yeah, I think it could have been a much better story. For sure. Yeah, yeah. They had they had all the works there, and again, it's based off of a book, and Clint Eastwood didn't write it, so I can't blame him for those story aspects. That's but true. As a director, you know, you could ask for a rewrite with you know some <laughs> some more mystery element sure. to it. I also didn't like the editing at the end, especially of the editing of Frank Lewis's wife, because there's like some slow motion aspects. I think where you know she's like she's where she's like running up to the glass and she's like oh really yeah (laughs) just like it's so oh yeah yeah right at the very very end they're playing it up for like the emotional like oh you know big big emotional scene it just does not feel that way at all because of how they edit it and i also don't like how they edited (laughs) uh the the real killer's mom when clint eastwood runs to get her to you know come with him to give proof that frank lewis is innocent she's just immediately like you know over over the course of like half a day or so she just immediately flip-flopped on being very adamant that her son wouldn't do such a thing to being like you're right right he did do it i saw the necklace on the on the tv yeah it was definitely a very strange change and it was just like what it really felt like was Yes, they had limited time. They were trying to do the, the they were trying to finally yeah. make the time mm-hmm. important at the end of the movie. And uh it felt that's what they were trying to do, but what it felt yep. like was okay, we got to wrap this thing up. And and so that ending really did not land. Do we have uh at all. Do we have any more? Are we ready um, for closing statements on true crime? You know, I would say that we were ready for closing statements except for I realized the little girl who played Kate Everett. That is played oh, by francesca yeah. eastwood yeah yeah so yeah i think he i think he only felt comfortable throwing his own daughter to the ground at the zoo <laughs> she'll forgive me i see that's probably it that's probably it she'll forgive me <laughs> yeah that's what that is what uh everett is just hoping 
through throughout the whole movie is uh, that he his does not, girl he does not deserve it. him and no he doesn't though they do slow zoo that not in the movie but i assume <laughs> that after everything was done they did slow zoo i would hope so all right so closing statements you go ahead oh, okay yeah i'm i'm not a fan i think the biggest misfire is clint eastwood's involvement overall I think he could have been competent solely as the director. I think he might have been able to make this a competent right. film. Speaking only because of Mystic River later on. You know, that's a great crime film. But, no, I just, I couldn't, you know, I, I was so irritated throughout this whole film. I give it one and a half stars. Yeah. I, I mean. Sorry, Mom. I, I mean, that is, yeah, that's a pretty low rating. Uh, but it, it is not, yeah, I don't think it's great i mean there's some fun interesting things in it uh so i i can't give it no face um so it's got half a face though for me uh i yeah i did not really enjoy it i there were some things that i really wanted to enjoy about it but i I just in the long run uh after the end of it i was not happy so that's that movie. Let's move on. Happy Delma Day! Happy Delma Day! It gets better from here, Mom, I promise. Please keep listening. <laughs> uh, it's complicated. Tell me, yeah. why is it so complicated? It's complicated. Uh, first off, little fun story. This film sure. came out in 2009, Christmas Day. Uh, I don't remember why my brother was not with us. But I rushed my parents out the door, not to see It's Complicated, but to see Sherlock Holmes, which also came out Christmas Day. And I was certain when I rushed my parents out the door that Sherlock Holmes was going to be sold out. And I was very, very adamant that we had to go see it. Uh And so we got there. I don't think it was Christmas Day that we went. Maybe it was like later on. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know why my brother wasn't there. That's the thing. I can't remember why he didn't tag along, but we got to the theater and we're waiting in line and we're about maybe fifth or sixth away from the the cashier when the manager comes out and yells really loudly, Sherlock Holmes is sold out. And I was furious. I was like, I knew it. You know, I was like, I I was like mad because my dad had like gone to the bathroom or something or like drove too slow to, to where the theater was. I was like, I knew it. We weren't going to be able to see it. So we had to settle for It's Complicated. And I say settle. I settled. My parents were both very happy to see this film. (laughs) And I remember my impression walking out of it was that I had a good time, but I didn't want my parents to know that I had had a good time. So... (laughs) I remember my mom was like, you were laughing. And I was like, well, yeah, it was funny, but <laughs> stupid. <laughs> stupid movie, though, Bob. But uh, uh. the reason it's complicated to go into it, um, it's written and directed by Nancy Mayers. And that is why it is complicated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, that is why it is complicated. Well, she also wrote Parent, uh, well, she also directed Parent Trap and well, huh. What Women Want. So, oh, you know, cool. she's, you know very good at rom-com films that's what it is it's a rom-com film starring meryl streep who was once married to alec baldwin and alec baldwin and her yeah they just they split and alec baldwin got himself a younger bride who was you know model gorgeous and meryl streep is struggling to 
you know, get back into the dating world to, you know, rebound, if you will. Right. And, you know, her friends are, you know, her inner circle of, you know, three other women are telling her she just needs to get out there and, just you know, basically just, she gets, she needs to get laid. That was basically the main point <laughs> was you just need to, you need to relieve your stress and just That's right. get that out of the way and then you'll be fine. So she goes back and, you know, she's kind of trying to get back into the dating world, but she gets sidetracked when her and Alec Baldwin just happened to be in the same, I think it was in the bar first, right? They went, yeah. they were like, they were at a, they were at a hotel. Oh, it was their son's, their son's, it was their son's graduation. I think. That's right. That's and they're, right. They're all booked at the same hotel. You know, Alec Baldwin and his new family with the, you know, his beautiful young wife and her son, uh, which I don't think was his son also. It right? was his like, son. It was, it his, was son. his son. Okay. Pedro. Uh, for they they have the same last name, so but that does not necessarily mean that it is his biological son. But I I'm pretty sure that it, it's okay. his child, because they've been together for ten years. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah, he's booked in the same hotel as Meryl Streep and her family, um, but Meryl Streep's kids they went out and partied, and so she found herself at the bar, and along came Alec Baldwin also to the bar to escape his family. Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep hook up, and it gets complicated. That's how it gets uh, complicated. <laughs> because while she is, you know, rediscovering her feelings for her ex-husband, at the same time as rediscovering why she hates her ex-husband, she yeah. also is falling for Steve Martin, who is building her, uh, who is adding on to her house. He's yep, an architect. His, he plays Adam Schaefer. He, I mean, I that name. I mean, it just, that is such a real person name. Yeah. I I mean, it's the most <laughs> real person it. name. That's why it's forgettable, I think. Because, yeah. which is kind of funny because she, <laughs> almost every time they have a date together, she totally forgets. I mean, even honestly, I forgot that Steve Martin was in this. It's not his most impressive role. And he's no. not like super great comedian throughout it i mean he has some great he has some great moments yeah (laughs) he he is good like everybody's good in this film it's really well acted but you know i was talking to my dad i was you know i told him secretly that we were doing an episode for mom for her birthday that's nice yeah and i I told dad that we would watch it it's complicated and he was just like oh yeah i love that you know alec baldwin meryl streep and i was like yeah and steve martin's in it too and like both of us were like huh he was in that movie. Like we 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 had both completely forgotten he was in it. So like, yeah, forgettable name, forgettable well, not forgettable performance, but forgettable name, and you know the character himself. He just disappears into the background. He just kind of and I and you know I feel like with the jokes in there that that's kind of intentional. Like yeah, it's really not his story. Is the it's no. it's it is Jane and Jack and jack i want to call him jack because of 30 rock but jane and jake <laughs> uh it's definitely their story yeah uh, and mostly jane jane is the protagonist yeah. uh, which you know you don't get that too much and uh, when we were growing up they called and probably before that they called them chick flicks but that i think that should go to the wayside because it just makes it feel like as a as well, a male you're not supposed to go and enjoy it for some reason yeah and this yeah, is a perfectly enjoyable film and uh, i do like rom-coms <laughs> and rom- yeah rom-coms are great and some of some of them are really well written and yeah. other ones are just you know 
a little trashy, but they're still fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, I, I will sit down with Notebook anytime. Yeah. Uh, move, moving on from that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. The stigma, man. <laughs> Shit, you're right. You're right. I should own up. I do like Notebook. It's a fun movie. Uh, and so is. It's complicated. It's yeah. it's very it's very enjoyable. I mean, it's mainly because of, as you said, it's because of Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin. They do mm-hmm. such an amazing job. They have great chemistry. It's a tale you don't really hear about because it's about you know a divorced woman in her was she in her forties at this in this movie or fifties? Uh, she was, I think, in her fifties because there is at one point a joke like when right after they have made love that uh she asks him to turn around and he's like yeah. i've seen it all before you know we were married for such and such time and she was like okay but that was a 40 year old body <laughs> and gravity is not kind <laughs> yeah i, I, uh, so I love I'm that, pretty sure that she play on it piece. Yeah, I love that play on their relationship too because yeah, again, you know, a fifty-year-old divorced couple, kind of struggling through, uh, just connecting with other people now that you know the right. kids are off. To, you know, one's someone graduated through college, one's married to uh, John Krasinski. Your, your kids are good, so now what? You know, she's yeah. a divorced woman. She wants to. She wants to get back in the dating game. Steve Martin shows up. He makes her laugh. He's really an uh, enjoyable person as she's getting to know him. But at the same time, you know, she's she's back with her ex-husband. You know, she's having an yeah. affair. You know, as she as she puts it, you know, she's never done anything wrong before, and now uh-huh. she's doing something wrong. You know, now it's now she's she you know, she's that woman, and so it, you know it's exciting. She's exploring. She's having a good time, but you know, at the same time, she's kind of just. Re- rediscovering that she doesn't want that you know, right. she doesn't want that relationship anymore yeah because he obviously from the fact that he is having an affair even if it is with his ex-wife just shows that he does not respect the tenets of, of marriage at least you know yeah. from what we uh in our culture believe are the tenets of marriage mm. the basic ones being be faithful uh, he obviously, I mean, that was why they split up in the first place, and now he's doing it again, mm-hmm. and she's the other woman. He's also very vulgar. Yeah, he is. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why uh, they they didn't work, and and she kind of is rediscovering why they didn't work too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he thinks because they had this time apart that they have fixed themselves. And that they can make it work now. But that is just not the case. Yeah, he's just being greedy, selfish, and he doesn't... But he doesn't realize he's being greedy, selfish either. No, uh, no. But he does... I don't think at the end, the end, there is a nice resolution where he does. I, I do like how it, how it all settles at the end. That's a, It's a good... It's a little, you know, tongue-in-cheek and, again, it's a little ham-fisted with the, the kids at the end when they're explaining everything. Right, yeah. But... But it's enjoyable, and it, you know Michelle or Michelle, geez, Meryl Streep gives a very good monologue about what it's like to be a you know a divorced mom, yeah, living the life she's at, and it's like it's a really good moment. You know, there, there's just, there's so many like funny comedic moments where she's realizing like why am I doing this? Like the first time they have 
the first time they have sex, her and Alec Baldwin, like he puts his hand down at her private area and he's like, Good to be home. You know? and she, and she's just I like about that. She just like groans and she's just like, Why? Like, yeah. oh God. It's just Why like it's am a great I doing moment. this. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of moments that she has like that. It just snowballs from there. Lots of really good moments and a lot of really fun moments with Steve Martin too. Like like you said, there's less, but I honestly kind of fell in love with Adam a little bit uh, yeah. watching the movie. Uh, he's he's a nice guy. Like he's a sweet guy. Yeah, he's he got cheated on too, uh, and his was a lot yeah. more recent than hers. He's yeah, still he's still recovering, recovering for sure. Well, I mean, like I guess she she is too technically, but he is. Uh, you know, he's listening yes. to tapes on how to get over how to his... not hate your ex wife. Yeah, lending more to it's complicated. I there there is a fun uh scene where Meryl Streep and Steve mm-hmm. Martin get high and go to a, a graduation yeah. party that they're hosting. It's really good and uh and there's a lot of good emotional heart at the end of that scene too with um with the trio but just them being high and like acting like that was like it was wonderful to watch (laughs) had me laughing so much and that is that's the best part about this film is it's really the comedy is really well done it's it's consistently it's and, and like you said just a moment ago it has quite a bit of heart like uh, I was honestly really surprised by this movie. It was the first time I watched it. Like I said, uh, there's stigma around this uh, this genre of film, and uh, I did not watch it ten years ago when it came out uh, because I thought that people would make fun of me for going to the theater to do it. Yeah, I certainly didn't tell anybody in my class that I watched it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, people should uh, own up to their love of movies that make them feel good. Because they make you feel good, damn it. Here, here. There's nothing wrong with liking a rom-com. They're just as, you know, just as enjoyable yeah, as any other film. For certain. You, know, you, don't, you, can't fill, you can't fill your entire schedule with action films. Like, occasionally you got there's something yeah. else in there that yeah, hits I the other feels. Yeah, I couldn't do that anyways. Uh, just because action films really aren't my no. thing. No, I mean they're not technically my thing either, but there there's so many people up. The people who will say that rom coms are just for chicks, they're the ones who typically you're right, watch just you're right. action films. That is true. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I feel like we haven't talked as long as we usually do about films for this guy, but I I feel like we yeah. just kind of gushed over it, and I mean, I don't know what else to talk about. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of any. You know, there's not much specifically that i wanted to dive into uh let me real quick look over my notes <laughs> yeah i didn't really have anything else besides you know there's occasional moments with the editing during conversation scenes where there's like way too, too many cuts between conversation scenes but that's like a technical issue yeah, that's not sure often. but i guess we're ready for closing statements if, if i guess so that. yeah so this what like you said this this movie isn't gonna win didn't win anything for its cinematography but uh it's a good movie definitely a full face movie for me i i don't know what else to say about it except for that i really enjoyed it i was surprised it is a rom-com that there, 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 there's definitely a different 
tone and people's acting in rom-coms that is one thing that's that is kind of i think keep people away from it that is definitely in this movie but it is subdued some people's performances really shine in this movie uh so go watch it that's what i'll say full face i agree i give it three out of four stars uh very enjoyable comedy uh a little predictable at times you know again it's a rom it's a rom-com it follows the formula fair fairly to the nose but a slightly different point of view for a rom-com you know you don't see many divorced elderly i shouldn't say elderly i'm so sorry i'll strip you're amazing uh divorced (laughs) 50 year old uh ladies in you know in a rom-com situation wholly enjoyable great as you said great performances uh, i i highly recommend it you know fun i i i think it might be more fun for the the valentine season when that rolls around but sure you know this is this is one that you know again yeah, uh, we 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 chose true crimes. That was a mistake. I'm sorry, mom. We should have chosen one of the other five that you gave me, but <laughs> but the rest of them were top notch. I promise. This one's great. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to Home Alone. Home Alone. Yes. Uh, I feel like this movie is so popular. I don't know that I necessarily have to synopsize that Kevin McAllister got left alone while his family went on christmas vacation right and then he gets burgled yeah i think that that is the that is the plot that is the plot you know it it's it's directed by chris columbus who did the first two harry potter films uh this is before that fame but oh definitely way before that super amazing directing from chris columbus you can see everything that he's going to set up for the the harry potter world here it's written Uh Yeah. It's written by Chris Columbus and John Hughes. So, oh, wow. you know, it's got all the humor you need, like amazing delivery of humor. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how Macaulay Culkin could. He's just so good at delivery. Yeah. I, I don't understand how a kid could be that good. I, yeah, there's I, well, definitely why he was the biggest child star when we were growing up. Yeah. I mean, it, I think and honestly, it plays to Chris Columbus, you know, again, with harry potter's one and two he show, you know he proves that he's a good director of children like he can work yeah because again you know i don't like never do i like knocking on child actors you know if they perf- if if no, you get I mean, a bad performance from a child actor it's not the child's fault it's the director's fault because you know for you know for every child you know for every actor there's gonna be that one director who works out a great performance from them yeah you know, any anybody can anybody can act with the right director I'm fairly positive that it's a very hard profession. I'm not going to deny that. There are some people mm-hmm. who just really can't perform or act, but I'm not going to knock on a child for not being able to act. It's on the director to do it. No. And no. yeah, and Chris I'm Columbus with does, you on that. He does an amazing but job here with all the kids. He does. Yeah, that is true. There is a large cast of kids that don't matter for a good portion of the movie, <laughs> but right at that is one that is like the one problem i have with this movie is that they have this large cast of kids and then by the uh by the end of the movie they just don't matter yeah it's it it definitely feels odd that they don't that a lot of them aren't worried about the kid you know it's like oh he's home all right you know but the mom's terrified but the rest of the family's like "Eh, it's okay he'll be fine yeah he'll be okay it's just kevin 
Yeah. We as, forgot as, about it. As Buzz said, yes, we live on the most boring street. <laughs> like, nothing can happen. Yeah. But they but, were wrong. Yeah, shit can happen. Because uh, the wet the wet bandits come along, known as the, the sticky <laughs> the sticky bandits in Home Alone Two, I believe. It's been a long time since I've seen Home Alone Two. Yeah, it's still it's still Harry and Marv in the second one. Yeah, which is funny. But Joe I'm, Pesci and Daniel Stern, whose chemistry is amazing. Oh, it's perfect. I I always thought they were the best uh, childhood movie villains. Yeah, I mean I, they they really are. I. Pesci just has talent in general. This was the this was the this was the first time I actually uh, saw Joe Pesci in a film. Oh you know, yeah, me too, definitely. It, it's kind of funny that I like later on went back and watched Goodfellas, and I was like, "This is the same guy." <laughs> yeah, he calls he does call them one of the premier uh, cat burglars of their time. <laughs> they have they have he a does. great plan. They do, yeah. It's like, look, I got it all timed out, and he and he points at each of the houses, and and the lights go on. He's like, they're all and, gone. And, it's, but he, it's he a glory to... hole. Oh no, no, don't say that. Oh, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's also a little weird that like there's just a random cop standing in their home, and none of them seem to care. Because like at the beginning yeah, of the film, that was so weird. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of the film, Joe Pesci he he figures out what the whole street's doing by dressing up as a cop and going to each home and saying like, "Hey, your you know your neighborhood's well protected. Are you guys going on a trip?" And then like everybody tells him, "Yeah, we're going on a trip." So he knows right. like every single house to hit because everybody's supposed to be on vacation. And you know it's a good plan if Daniel Stern wouldn't just you know keep running leaving all the faucets running as uh <laughs> yeah. as his mo as his, as their calling card as as joe pesci says like you're a monster like <laughs> you're, yeah he does. you're a monster and yeah. and really though he's just kind of an idiot um marv is and he yeah. he feels like they they need this to up their status and 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 harry's like no we just need to steal stuff that is that's it <laughs> just do the job right let's just make money uh, let's get the job done and he's like no yeah we gotta have a calling card Mar- there is also this part where marv is using his crowbar to like put these like fragile valuables into a bag and he's breaking them all and and, and joe pesci's just shaking his head oh i love it uh, there's, there's some great stuff with them Sure. yeah the they're like an uh, complete honesty they would be the best aspect of this film if it weren't for the amazing traps in the third act because that's yeah. what that's what makes this whole film is the eventual uh you know the climax the when when the mm-hmm. criminals and uh kevin finally butt heads and go face to face it's it's he a, is it's a very a smart one. kid all of his Rube Goldberg uh, contraptions. Yeah. I mean, they're not as complicated as Rube Goldberg contraptions, but you know. Yeah, but they they uh, they're, they're his uh, homeland security, his his home security system, and it's it's pretty it's, great. But it's also a little sad how some of the stuff like just goes perfectly to plan. Like when Daniel Sturve <laughs> is walking into the or he's climbing through the window and he steps on all the ornaments. Come on, yeah. man. You're barefoot. You're not gonna look down and see what you're stepping on. Like, yeah, that's the, right. That's, yeah, that's the first thing I would he, do. Yeah, he definitely gets the the butt end of 
all the punishments. Oh yeah, it's uh, and, great. And though. if Joe gets any, it's because because Marv started uh, caused it to happen, or he uh, stuck his or he sticks his head into a door and catches his hair on fire. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's beautiful that like the whole trap, like all the the setup, the you know watching them all come to come to fruition with when the when the wet bandits trigger the trigger the traps like that's it's just that's why you watch this film it's so enjoyable to get there so well timed it's a classic for a reason a great first act great third act the honestly the only area where this movie in any way drags and it's not at all a drag is that second act where he's just you know he's having fun in the house you know you're watching this kid just enjoy himself yeah and then all of a sudden he tries to become like a little adult because he realizes he has to actually try to take care of himself yeah he's Uh, out shopping yeah Yeah, he goes out shopping he's like do you know if this toothbrush is uh recommended by the american dental association (laughs) (laughs) can you check uh yeah it's really good uh and, and you know uh macaulay culkin's just when especially in this era everything he was in he did an amazing job he just yeah. really does have ha- he did have a lot of chops you know i i haven't really seen him in anything other than uh red letter media yeah which uh, he's stuff he's nowadays, absolutely he's enjoyable yeah yeah absolutely enjoyable there but yeah it's it's sad that he didn't do a lot outside of this up but at the same time i respect his you know his choices not to uh, right yeah he has a podcast also like i've listened to a couple episodes and it's you know he's just fun to listen to but you know, again he's as got a child interesting twisted sense of humor <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> as a child though <laughs> as a child he was absolute gold uh yeah, perfect in this film and even the side story even with him and the his older neighbor who's you know struggling to reconnect with his son because they had an argument right that that side story you know it, i guess there's there are people out there that that could be a lagging point for but no it, i like it yeah it sets up the ending you know it they they yeah, work it in they work it into the story so well and you know it's great because you know he goes from being absolutely terrified because of you know rumors his older brothers tell him yeah to basically helping this guy with his issues with you know with 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 his own personal issues like it's it's lovely yeah. it's 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 just a, it's such a it's a riot it's an absolute fun film it is it is and, and you know though you since you brought him up i do want to say i hate buzz Fucking oh yeah buzz he, what a he's dick the, he's the older brother yeah i mean yeah he does i mean it, props gonna... to to devin retray or however you say his name because uh, he he's not supposed to be a likable big brother uh no i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say you're not a likable big brother but can you can you honestly say that you did not do some like almost every single thing that he did to kevin in this film no i did not my little not. brother did it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. It's always the younger brother's fault because that, that it is. <laughs> for in my case, it was, and in Kevin's case, it also was. Once you say, because like at the end when he comes back home and Buzz goes upstairs, he's like, "Oh my, Kevin, God. what did you do to my room?" 
You yeah, know there's a moment. Destroy all this shit. You know there's a moment in your childhood where you yelled at <laughs> for destroying your shit. Oh no, I I yeah, I definitely I had I definitely beat the crap out of uh, him growing up quite often. I'll censor uh, his name since I dropped it. With- yeah, yeah. Um, no worries. Uh, anyhow, he was my antagonist growing up. I love him. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we were also best friends. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, if they until were... like our teenage years, then we like really kind of hated each other. But now <laughs> we're, we're best friends again. Yeah, I'm um, sure. I'm sure it'd be the same with uh, Kevin and Buzz. You know, when they get older. Oh sure. Well, maybe sure. not. They do have a massive fucking family. So they they have a big age gap too. But like, okay, so like this is something that I always missed as a kid. All those people, all those kids, were their cousins. He has two siblings, I think. Is that all? It's Buzz and one sister. I think that's it. And the rest are his cousins. Yeah, that is one of the negative aspects of this film, too, is that I don't know. Like, I'm I'm in the same boat. I thought they were all related and that it was just Uncle Frank there. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I I thought they were all not, not just related. I thought they were all siblings. Siblings, yeah. And that Uncle Frank was just there, but yeah, some of them are Uncle Frank's kids. <laughs> I, yeah. did, I didn't pick I, I that think up. I think most of them, actually, yeah. <laughs> but like, apparently, they were staying there. Uh, so because Frank had moved to France, but wasn't quite set up to move them over there, and so they were living with uh, Catherine O'Hara and John Hurd. Heard? Yeah. Sorry, John. Um, anyways. <laughs> I peter and kate and uh they're living with them until they could move there over christmas is what it seemed like or maybe they were just spending christmas there i don't know i don't know either either, way those kids are in the end of the movie they're not in the end of the movie i'm just as confused as you are about the the family situation i would i didn't even even try i didn't even try to like pick it up at honestly like i was trying to figure it out at the beginning but i was like five minutes in i'm like you know what i don't care who's who i know it's just going to be kevin soon so (laughs) Uh, so one thing that kind of makes me mad now that i'm like looking at the cast list is that they build john here to heard before Catherine o'hara and she is definitely much more of a pivotal character though and the old man at marley the old man is definitely much more pivotal character than the father the father does basically nothing in this film agreed wholeheartedly. and he and he got a build before Catherine o'hara that kind of pisses me off like maybe she didn't have the the name maybe she didn't have the name clout that she does today but either way that character it out she is the adult main character besides the well again this is this is what i know her from like she has such an incredible filmography but this is the movie that you know this is what it is uh yeah i haven't i haven't watched it much outside of childhood honestly this is the first time i've watched it in years but as a child we we watched this that you know i would say every christmas my mom had this on oh definitely yeah every christmas season i should say it catherine o'hara was our era's tv mom yeah most definitely she <laughs> she's in the mom and so many things and she always was great and and i've been really enjoying her more recent stuff like schitt's creek 
and I, I just have always had a lot of respect for her as an actor. I still have to um, watch Shit's Creek. It, you'll enjoy it. I, I don't know if you're have have you always been a Eugene Levy fan? I do, I do, so yeah, I do much. love me some Eugene Levy. <laughs> the whole cast in that is just great. Yeah, nice. I think you'll enjoy it. I'll definitely have to watch it. Man, I feel like we're gonna yeah. have another another short two short reviews that's how it is when we gush about a film there's not much yeah to... when we're really happy about a film it is it's hard to keep on talking about it i mean we can yeah. talk about john candy's interesting little role <laughs> he's... He's, a, he's another one that i kind of forget that he's in it but then like when you watch him yeah like because like, he is in the background when you first see him and i'm just like is that john candy and then like yeah, he came up is. and I'm like oh that's right he is in this movie <laughs> it, all, it all came rushing yeah. back to me Gus Polinski he helps he helps Catherine O'Hara get back home to Kevin and uh but the whole time he's like hitting on her too it's 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 like she told you she's married dude she's just trying to get home to her kid <laughs> but like at, at, when I was a kid watching this movie I was just like ah oh, good job john candy's character uh yeah coming in and helping this lady get to her kid good job but now that i watch it as an adult i'm like you sleaze bag leave well, her alone <laughs> it's it's like a john yeah. hughes you know it's like a nice john hughes moment you know you could see Definitely. where his his influence is on the script and i feel like gus was all all john hughes oh yeah it definitely felt like the exact same character from playing trains and automobiles honestly yeah it does it does <laughs> polka 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 oh uh, god so i think yeah i think you're right though i think we talked about this movie and, and yeah. also it's it's a movie that most people are familiar with too so yeah i think uh, when it comes to like films that you and i both love it's bet like even though i enjoy putting them in the threesomes we may someday just come back and do a deep dive where we just go into the movie because i feel like that's yeah, where fun. that's where like we want to discuss like movies we really love but in a threesome setting right you know we want you to go out we want you to be able to see them if you haven't i mean obviously right. you've obviously you've most likely seen home alone if you but... haven't you're wrong yeah <laughs> uh, well you know what though it is pretty it is definitely a christmas movie mm-hmm. and i guess there are plenty of people who do not celebrate christmas out there so forgive me for assuming that you've seen this movie but but even if you haven't because you don't celebrate christmas it is still a great movie a lot of fun irregardless of the holiday that it's uh centered around it is just an enjoyable fun riot of a movie uh sure is it, it absolutely recommend you go out and pick it up on vhs and pop it into your vcr and have a good time oh yeah because you know you own it on vhs or somebody you know owns it on vhs it's it's the only way to watch it you can't watch the digital remaster (laughs) (laughs) all right so closing statements obviously highly recommend uh four stars out of four there's you know there's not much to say against this film it's it's absolutely enjoyable good message in regards to the elderly next door neighbor you know a great view or focal point from a child's perspective with great child acting solid directing from chris columbus all around go out watch this movie enjoy yourself if you haven't seen it 
obviously you have already seen it so just go out and watch it again or you know wait until next christmas because we kind of missed the boat on it maybe a little bit but really we're only a couple weeks out and a lot of people are still like i said celebrating right now uh they might not be doing it in person with folks but there's you know it's still the season for some people and you know hopefully next year we do get to be with those peoples for our holiday extravaganzas but closing statement full-faced movie i mean i i think that that that's pretty obvious from what we're saying yeah i don't think i have anything else it's good family favorite so are we uh ready to declare a winner for my for my mother's threesome for your mother's threesome delma's day has is coming to a close and yeah i i'm ready i i have chosen out of these three the winner do you need a drum roll Sure, if you want to give me one. The winner of the Delma Day prize from Leon of The Faceless is It's Complicated with Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin. I, 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 I think I really, I mean, you know, I feel like Home Alone might be the more obvious choice. But I really enjoyed watching It's Complicated. Uh, maybe just because I've seen it so many times, it's a little stale on me. Home Alone. Not, I shouldn't say it's stale because I still enjoyed watching it again. Yeah. Uh, but it, I think there was uh, a lot of really good things in it. It's Complicated. It surprised me. Nice. That's my choice. I like that. Mine is Home Alone uh i do love it's complicated uh highly recommend that one uh but in regards to rom-coms you know i've I've enjoyed other rom-coms more but in regards in regards to what home alone is there's nothing like it uh it's that's fair it's you know it's just it's absolutely enjoyable it's it's got a i don't know it's got a place in history but there you have it mom we, we, we separated on our films. We chose two of them as winners. I hope you're proud. And I'm sorry I shit all over Clint Eastwood. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> he got a shovel full. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we love you, Delma. Happy Delma Day. Yeah. Uh, I've been the faceless Leon. And I am the green traveler, proud son, and love you, Mom. Happy birthday happy birthday uh one last thing please go out there uh subscribe follow do what you do send us a review wherever you're listening it really helps the show and yeah. we love you any constructive feedback yeah anything that just let us know uh safe travels everybody good night do you thirst for adventure <laughs> Do you search for laughter and friendship? Ha 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 ha! Then don't miss the adventures in Valagorn! Welcome to a new world of fantasy, fun, and action! Coming to you as a monthly serial starting on January 19th of 2021. And brought to you by the imaginative people of FictionWorks 19. Starring Greg Callahan. As Raphael Anastas Magoo, Sarah Christ as Vashti Whisperwind, and Kenneth Glynn as Pai Shou Wukong. We'll see you 
in Valagorn. The Adventures in Valagorn. Hey there, Couch Potatoes. This is the Faces Leon here. Tell you about our new addition to the show. Uh, we will be bringing to you two episodes a week starting on Monday the 4th of January 2021. I'll tell you, thank you. Thank you for letting that year be over. We're going to bring in the new year nice and strong, two episodes a week. Do our regular thing Thursday. Nothing's changing there. But on Mondays, we are now going to be bringing to you playlists. We're going to start off with watching the Disney movies, the OG Disney movies from chronological order. Uh, we'll, we'll break it up there with some other things. Who knows what we might do. But we're looking at some long series of movies. Anyways, we hope that you, the listener, the potatoes at home, enjoy it. Safe travels. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you liked the show, please leave a review, like, follow, or subscribe wherever you listen. This will help us grow our show. Be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash greenandfaceless. There you'll find many links to our show and to our website. Thank you all very much for listening.